we're going to look at First Chronicles chapter four, verses nine through ten. And as you, as you, uh, we're going to look at this. I want you to just also be cognizant of this that we have some CDs out here, uh, which I believe will bless you. One in particular is on the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, and God just use it powerfully in people's lives to. Let them have faith for it to understand how to receive God's voice, how to hear it. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. Okay, but how do I follow his voice? And how do I do it my way, the way God made me to do it? Not that, not that I'm an individualist, but that God made all of us unique. Say amen. So that God, how, how does God uniquely lead me? So that uh, it'll help you very much. And there's some others out there that will bless you. Uh, especially a couple on parenting that are the uh, children of destiny and arrows of the Lord. Uh, that, that will really help you, especially with this message we're going to talk about right now. And there's a special today. If you buy four, there's a special price. Everybody likes a deal. All right. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. Let's read it together, please. First Chronicles 4, 9 through 10. We do have it, yes? yes. We do? Oh, ha, ha, hi. All right, there you go. All right, I just see me. All right, let's read together, please. Jabez was more honorable than his brother's. His mothers had named, named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Verse 10, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. Jabez had a very, very peculiar and tragic life beginning something happened something went really awry and it was so grave it was it was so impactful to his mother that she said I'm going to name him in such a way that that not not only did I experience pain and sorrow because the the word Jabez the, the, the name Jabez sounds like the Hebrew word for pain so the name means he will cause pain. He will cause sorrow. Something happened. We don't know when it took place, whether it was when he was conceived or, or during the pregnancy or at the time of birth. I don't know. You know I used to want 12 children <laughs> until I saw my wife give birth to the firstborn. I was like, oh, my God. I love her too much to want 12 children to put her through that. If you had 12, I, I, I believe you love your wife. Please, please. Just, just me after I saw one time. But I think that most people who've had 12 children, the father did not see it born the first time. He was in another room hiding. <laughs> so, is it out yet? Is it out yet? Is it out yet? Right. But, but I, I was there because, you know, in the modern times, you know, they allow you to be there. I was like, oh, I'm better you than me. Praise the Lord. But something happened. And they don't tell us exactly in, in the storyline what, what, what took place. I mean, but, but check this out. This is so important that God has caused for a commercial break. If you read 
uh, this is part of First Chronicles. It's this litany of names. And this person begat that person. And this person begat that person. And this person began. It's like, you know, it's not, you know, it's numbing, just mindless, endless. Okay, okay. All right. I mean, imagine you doing your Bible reading, your daily Bible reading, and you're in this, this territory in First Chronicles. And it's like, okay, begat this person. That person begat this person. And oh, Lord, get me through this in the name of Jesus. Let me go to sleep and wake me up when it's over. But God says, stop everything. This one is important. Heaven stop. Everybody stop. Pay attention. I like this guy, Jabez. So God says, stop. God said, stop. God said, pay attention. God said, fixate on this. There's something about Jabez and his prayer that God God's attention. And we read it, that Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, that God saw something in him that he did not see in his brothers, that God said, and he, in my estimation, is more honorable, is exalted. I love what this guy has done. And I came here today because the Lord said to share this with you, that, that, that he wants you as of the day to have the courage to begin to pray the prayer of rebellion. God has given you permission. God is sanctioning your ability today to begin to pray the prayer of rebellion for your own life. Jabez's mother said, I'm going to fix him. I want him never to forget that he caused me pain. Can you imagine being named Jabez and going to school? You know how harsh the kids are? Look at this epidemic we have with bullying now. Can you imagine what they did to Jabez? Here he comes on the playground. Oh, here comes pain. Who, you know, just saying, you know, we have cooties, though. You, you know, you have pain. Pain. Stay away. Stay away. Here, here comes pain. Ha! Ha! Pain in the morning. Pain in the noonday. Pain in the evening. Pain, pain, pain. You cause pain. You cause so much pain. Your mama named you pain. He heard it, and this is what his mother wanted, though. Every time his name was spoken, his mother desired that he would be reminded of her pain and her ang- agony and her anguish and her sorrow. She did this intentionally. Something very bad, something went very south in her life experience. So she said, I'm going to punish my son. It's his fault. He did this to me. And I never want him ever to forget it. And every time his name is spoken, I want it to be a reminder that you caused me pain. Now, what does this tell us? But there is power in a name. There's great meaning. There's prophetic meaning in a name. That a name prophetically bespeaks a person's future and destiny. God understands this, and therefore even God reveals himself to us by his name. In Genesis chapter 1, our first introduction to God is what? Is that he is Elohim. 
when it says the Lord and the Lord and God in Genesis 1 and God and the Lord, it is the name Elohim, the one who is the creator God, the one who is a sublime God. And then later on, he told Abraham, not only am I Elohim, but I'm also El Shaddai. I'm the Lord God Almighty. There's nothing too hard for me. And at strategic times and places, God would reveal another part of himself through his name. The children of Israel had just come out of Egypt. And they were rejoicing and they were dancing. And we, we see in Exodus 15 that, that Miriam leads the ladies in this, this splendid dance. And they're rejoicing all day long because they are out of bondage finally. They are free. And they, they go further and then soon they're, they're in a, a patch of desert for three days where there's no water. And it's like, oh my Lord, what are we going to do? Ay, 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 ay. And, and you know, the animals are seemingly dying and panting and everybody's in thirst. And everybody said, oh, has God brought us out here to kill us? And they come to a body of water. They say, oh, hallelujah. And, 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 but the water is bitter. And they're, they're, again, they're, they're, they're disgusted and, and they're disenchanted and disillusioned and depressed. And the Lord says, Moses, put a stick in the water. He turns the water into that which was healed. And God says, I'm, I'm showing you today that you've known me as Elohim. You've known me as El Shaddai. But now you shall know me as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. How many of you want to know God as the one who heals? He is that God. He's just not, he's just not, I mean, he's, he's more Je Jehovah, you know, Tzitzit, the Lord, God, our righteousness. And, and, and he is, he is Jehovah. He is Jehovah Shama, the one who is present. And his names reveal who he is. When Abraham had waited 25 years to, to see Isaac born, Finally, he's got him in his arms, and he grows up, and, and after a couple of decades, God says, now, now take Isaac up to the mountain and sacrifice him. And I'm sure Abraham didn't tell Sarah. Um, next morning, though, in obedience to God, see, you got to obey God quickly. You can't wait. The next morning, he got up and obeyed God, and he took, he took Isaac, and, and, and Isaac asked, well, Where's the sacrificial lamb? Abraham said, the Lord will provide. Isaac didn't know he was the lamb. So he took him up there and finally in Isaac in obedience, signifying the obedience of Christ, the lamb of God who would come and would willingly lay his life down for us. Isaac, who was bigger and stronger than his daddy and younger, allows himself to be tied down, realizing finally I'm the lamb. But he obeys his father just like Jesus obeyed his father and gave his life for us. But he, he, submiss he submissively lies down. And as his father is about to slit his throat and the angel of the Lord says, stop, Abraham, stop. Now I know you love me. And he says, from this moment on, you will know me. You will know me as Jehovah Jireh. I'm the Lord your God who provides. There's a ram in the bush. Get that ram. As a substitute, see, I'm a substitute today. As a substitute for Isaac and let him live. Many times when we're in a difficult, 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 difficult place and we don't know what to do, God has us there. He allowed that to happen so he can reveal a part of himself we've never known before. 
names are so important, not only to God, but that God even revealed a person's character and life through their name. It was so important many times that God had to change somebody's name. He said, Abram, your name's inadequate for your destiny and purpose. You're an exalted prince, yes, but now you're going to be the prince of nations. I got to make you Abraham. He said, Jacob, your name means rat, liar, cajoler, swindler, deceiver. You cannot lead my people with that kind of name. And you know, the storyline tells us that he was all of that. He was a liar. He was a trickster in his mother's womb. His older brother's trying to come out first. And Jacob said, no, you're not. Even in his mama's belly. He's a scoundrel. But his name was Jacob. And so, and so the Lord said, I have to elevate your name. Got to change your name from Jacob to Israel. My prince of my people. He said, you know, he said, he said, he said, Simon, you've been Simon all this time, but now you got to be Peter because you're going to be a rock. You've been a flake all your life, but now your name is changing. You're going to be a rock. See, when God comes into our lives, he gives us a new name. See, the old name, our parents did what they did with the name, but, but God says, I got to help you understand that you've got destiny and purpose, and there's something rich and real in you, and there's something dynamic in you, and I have some place I'm taking you, and you got to have the right name. There are other examples, but, but a name is critical. And, 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 so, and so at some point, Jabez says, there's something wrong with my name. I don't like my name because see it's, he's beginning to understand that that a name in your notes there's a truth right that I've written for you that another person's blame can become a self-fulfilling prophecy for you 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 got to understand that when parents and those who raise us and guardians and, and those who have charge of us, that what they do and what they say, it has impact. Those words are real. Now, God, God's words are omnipotent, but our words are potent. Even Proverbs tells us in Proverbs 20, 18 and 21 that life and death are in the power of our tongue. Life and death are in the power of our tongue, that we can speak life or we can speak death. And it's real. And so the way we treat people and what we speak over their lives and, and how we handle them, it sends a message. And that message can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. That message has power. And Jabez was beginning to look at his life and he said, I don't like my life. I don't like, I don't like what's going on. I don't like what's going down. This is not what I signed up for. I don't, and you know what? I don't, I don't think God wants me to experience this. I know my mama named me Jabez, and, and God gave her that authority. As a parent, she had that right. A, a name is critical because, I mean, the angel came to Zacharias, and he said, your wife Elizabeth, who is beyond bearing age, is going to have a baby, and you must name him John. The same angel came and spoke to Joseph and said, you're going to have a baby too. Well, Mary is. <laughs> you had nothing to do with it. 
But, I, but you must name him Jesus. Why Jesus? Which means Savior, because he will save his people from their sins. Aren't you glad his name is Jesus? See, it, it, it's important, the name. And so Jabez began to feel the, the, the impact from his name. And he said, I don't like, I don't like the way my life is going. I don't like what's happening to my life. And he said, you know what? I know God let my mama name me Jabez, but I'm going to God because he's a higher authority and, and I have an appeals process because I don't like the way this is going. So he says, Lord God, change my name. He said, Lord, my life has been a curse because of my name. But he said, God, you're greater than my mama and you're greater than the curse. He said, bless me. Put verse nine back up there, please. He said, bless me. And he said, bless me indeed, which means bless me a lot. Say a lot. A lot. See, we need to learn. You know, sometimes we got, we got stinking thinking theology. And we say, Lord, well, you know, whatever. Whatever you want to do, God, whatever you want to say. We met a lot of people who pray for everybody else. And they're great intercessors. They never pray for themselves. Read your Bible, please. Jesus said, I want you to pray that God will give you your daily bread. That God, God will do things for you. That he wants you as his children to come to his, the father and say, Daddy, I'm a father. I'm a father. I need you to do this for me, Daddy. You're the one, Daddy, I'm coming to. And then there, because, because this is what happened. Jabez bucked the system. What was the system? It was the parental system. His mom, for whatever the reason, in her own pain and agony and anguish, and, you know, and it, it, it dominated all of her thoughts. It dominated all of her actions. And so she named her son Jabez, and she meant to, to curse him. And he received a curse. But he knew that there was somebody greater than the curse. He knew there was somebody greater than the system. There was an appeals process at Father God's throne. And he went to God. He said, Lord, he said, God, he said, bless me. Now, I haven't been blessed up to this point, but I'm asking you to reverse this thing. Reverse this. You're the almighty. You taught, you taught Abraham that you're the almighty. Nothing's too hard for you. I'm asking you to bless me. I haven't been blessed. I haven't experienced blessed. My name has been a prophecy that has come to pass. And I don't like this, God. And in my deep, deep down in my heart, I don't believe this is your will for my life. And God said, I like that boy's prayer. He said, stop, stop everything. Listen to his prayer. Did you hear his prayer? Gabriel, did you hear? Michael, did you hear? Peter, did you hear that? Peter was somewhere in his mother's womb, somebody's womb. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. But he said, whoever's up there, stop. Did you hear his prayer? He didn't. He's, he's not just being a possum, just, okay, whatever they do to me, whatever happens to me, okay, I'll just take it. No matter what they do to me, because it must be the will of God. I mean, even, please, you can hear some preachers, and, and once you hear this, don't ever listen to them again. Because, I mean, you know, they, they sound very pious and sanctimonious. I'm going to say, God. God. Want 
wants this to happen to you. God did it. God said it. And after you hear this guy sometimes, I'm like, what kind of God are you offering? I want nothing to do with him. But you see, sometimes we try to package God. We try to simplify God and say, okay, Lord, you just obey the rules I set for you. And you don't do this and you don't do that. And you do this, it usually is bad. But you don't do that and that's usually good. Anything good, you know. When, 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 when Oral Roberts began to preach that God was good back in the 50s, they almost stoned him to death. The, the church leaders almost stoned him. Don't tell people God is good. What if something happens that's not good? You confuse them. But the Lord said, tell my people I'm good. When the children of Israel were walking in the battle against, against impossible forces, numbers, they said, the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. The Lord is God. And yet now with this stinking theology that's, that, that's perpetrating everything, it's like, no, God's not good. He's bad. And it's his, it's his will to hurt you because he's trying to teach you a lesson. Did you get the lesson? God's banging you over the head. Did you get it finally? You know, you're kind of thick-headed. You think you'll do more banging for you to get it. Trying to put God in a box, make him obey you, make him tame. God is a lion. He's a roaring lion. He's a lion of the tribe of Judah. You can't tame God. And his understanding is beyond searching. Jabez knew in his spirit that God did not want this for his life. And so he went to God. He said, Lord, I love my mama. I respect my mama. But I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. Now, what does it say to us? That what happened in your household of origin when you were growing up affected you. The way they treated you affected you. The way they didn't treat you affected you. What they gave you, it affected you. What they didn't give you, it affected you. You are, all of us are the result. We, 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 we are the culmination of formation. Somebody formed us. Even in their absence, we were formed. And, and if we're not careful, we'll just kind of go along with the flow and say, well, this must be God's will. This is the way I'm supposed to live. And there's nothing I can do about it. And I'm helpless and it's hopeless. And, and you know, there's no way out. And, well, it's God's will and he's sovereign and he is sovereign. He is, he is sovereign. But understand that his sovereignty does not mean that everything that comes against you that's evil is from him. Understand this because, because some even insurance policies have their exclusions. What do their exclusions say? Well, if it's an act of God, we're not going to pay. After all, why should we pay for God's stuff? So if there's an earthquake, if there's a hurricane, if, you know, if, 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 there's a, if there's a tsunami, if there's a Katrina, we're not paying for it because God did that. No. Wait a minute. 
whatever happened to man has choices? Whatever happened to the Garden of Eden? Did God want Adam and Eve to sin? Was it his will for them to sin? No! But he gave them choice. And I'll be honest with you, I've tried to give my choice back to the Lord. I said, I don't want this anymore. It's getting me in trouble. Please take it back. He won't because, you see, witches, that which is evil, the, the devil tries to manipulate. See, that's why control. Did you know the control is manipulation? The spirit of control is the spirit of manipulation. It's, it's witchcraft. God never manipulates. God never forces. God never coerces. God never makes you do anything. Jesus is pictured in Revelations as standing at the door of your heart and knocking. Why don't he just knock the door down? No, he won't do that. He waits for you to open. Why don't he just open the door? Because there's no, there's no doorknob on the outside. The doorknob of your heart is only on the inside. You open it at will. You open it because you really want Jesus. You open it because you want his help. You open it because you want him to come in. He's not going to knock the door down. He is there knocking, saying, I will do great things in your life if you let me in, but I'm not going to force you. I honor you. I respect you too much. And so we've been made his image, and, and, and we are to be honored and respect, even as Psalm 8 tells us. So, so God, God has been blamed for a lot of stuff. And the devil's been blamed for a lot of stuff. When something unfortunate happens in any of our lives, there are three questions we must ask. Write this down. The three questions we must ask. I'm almost finished. Question number one. God, is this you? Question number two. God, is this the devil? Question number three. God, did I bring this on myself? Because the answer to each of these questions demands a different response. If God did it, then I submit. I accept it. I receive it. If the devil did it, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. If I did it, I repent. If God did it, whoo, I receive it. Open arms. Bring it on, Lord. If the devil's done it, I rebuke him. Because Luke 10 and 19, we have been given authority over all the power of the devil. But if I did it, Lord, forgive me. Proverbs 28, 13, if I will be honest about my sin, if I will be transparent about my sin, if I will confess my sin and not try to hide it and pretend that I didn't do it, that somebody else did it, then the Lord says, and if I will turn, if I will turn, if I will make the adjustment he's asking me to make, then he will give mercy. Say, Lord, give me mercy. See, God wants us to, re to repent when there is sin, when we've done wrong, when we've gone astray, when we're in error. And he brings it to our attention. And somebody can say, well, what about Job? I'm glad you asked that. I should give you an offering for asking just right now. It's perfect timing. What about Job? Yeah, Job, Job is, is puzzling. I'm not going to lie to you. Job's become my best friend lately. Last week, I've been... been Going to sleep with Job many nights, trying to wrap my head around my own, my own experience recently. But understand this, Job was pre-Christ. If, if you let Job form all your theology, your understanding of God, then what about Jesus? 
Does Job explain everything? Or does Jesus explain everything? The word of God says that in Christ, in him, is all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Hebrews says that he is the exact representation of God the Father. So I look at Jesus and I see who God is. That yes, I draw from Job. I draw from what God did in Job's life. But Jesus is my example. Jesus is my doctrine. Jesus is my theology. Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Y'all are kind of quiet in here on me. Maybe it's early in the morning. But Jesus, and say, and say well, well, but, but you know what, but, but you know, well, you know, when Job had these sicknesses, yeah, they came from the devil. Read the, read the Bible. Uh, it, was in, it was in Job chapter 1, Job chapter 2, the devil. Now, please understand the creativity, the ingenuity of the devil. Even though God gave the devil permission, did you see his choice of torture? You can see how the devil feels about us and what lengths he will go to to destroy us. The only safe place is in Christ. Have nothing to do with Satan because Job tells me and Job resounds in my spirit. I'll never trust the devil. If he's in it, I want nothing to do with it because look at what he wants to do to me. Look at what he wants to do to my children. Look at what he wants to do to us. Job exposes the devil's heart. This is what is in his heart towards us. Because he's jealous of us and God's affection for us. And when we worship, it really gives the devil a headache. Because it reminds him of when he was Pastor Nick. (laughs) Leading the worship. And he got thrown out on his behind. So let me finish. So this, Jesus changed everything. Tell the person next to you, Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed. In Jesus, there's healing. In Jesus, there's deliverance. In Jesus, there's wholeness. In Jesus, there's release. In Jesus, there is freedom. In Jesus, if we don't believe that, why do we sing it? In Jesus, there's every answer we need. So Job said, God, I'm coming to you. My mama did this to me. I'm coming to you. That was your temporary will for my life, but I know you have a greater will for my life, and this is not it. I come to you, and I'm saying, God, bless me. Now, what does this mean? God, bless me. Tell somebody. Well, tell the Lord. Lord, bless me. Go ahead. Say, Lord, bless me. Come on now. You know, we, we, are, we, are, we, are, we are just, we are just, you know, we, some, some are so religious. Oh, Lord, you'll bless me if you want to. That's not what, you, that's not what Jabez said. He said, bless me. Bless me. And, you know, and he says, and bless me a lot. He said, I know how much I've been cursed. That's how much I want to be blessed. Lord, bless me. I know you're a blesser. I know your heart is to bless me. My mama didn't know it. I don't know what happened to my mama. And it's not my fault, but I'm not going to receive this negative prophecy over my life anymore. And I know that the Lord is my redeemer. And the Lord is my savior. And the Lord doesn't want this for me. I'm not supposed to be defeated. I'm not supposed to be sick. I'm not supposed to receive this. In the name of Jesus. So, Lord, here I am. 
And I don't understand, God, what's going on, but my eyes are on you. My faith is in you. I'm trusting you, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. He said, bless me. Bless me a lot. He said, he said, enlarge, enlarge my borders. I've been thinking about Pastor Ladell a lot because we've been praying for her and fasting. And I said, Lord, look at what she was doing for you. I said, double it. The devil took his best shot and he's defeated. Now God, double it. Double it. He tried to take her out and stop her. No, Lord, no. No, he's not Lord. Jesus is Lord. He's not running this system. You are God. We're not his children. We're the children of the Lord by the blood of Jesus. We claim every right that's in the blood. We claim every right that's in the cross. We claim every right that's in his grave. Every right in his resurrection. Every right in his ascension. We're not going to take this line down. We have faith in you, Lord. And then he said, enlarge my borders. What? Increase my influence. Extend my boundaries. Let me reach more people. Because where we go, Jesus goes. And then he said, Lord, keep your hand on me. And this is most important for me. Keep your hand on me, God. Keep your hand on me. Because it's your anointing, it's your, anointing, it's your grace. It's your power. Keep your hand on me, God. Keep your hand on. Don't take your hand off. Because I'll mess up if your hand is off me for one second. It's your ability and it's your grace. It's your, it's your wisdom. It's your strength. You say, Lord, keep me from evil. Don't let me cause anybody else any more harm or pain. So God said, I love this prayer. You have some of the notes there. Just read it and it makes sense to you. But God has a higher redemptive purpose for you. It's time for you to say, you know what, Lord? I sense in my spirit that you're speaking to me that I've been taking some stuff I'm not supposed to be taking. Even thinking it came from you. Even blaming you. Even saying it's your fault. I've been mad at you somewhat, God. I've been, I've been so disappointed and heavy and depressed and discouraged. Because I thought you were doing this to me. And I was just supposed to roll over and just, you know. Just submit to this. But Lord, I sent you staring at my spirit, resonating a word in my spirit that you want me to pray the prayer of rebellion. And after Pastor Mike comes, we're going we're gonna to pray for you that want prayer. Because God sent me to tell you, pray. God loves this prayer. You don't have all the answers. Job didn't have all the I'm Job or J, Jabez didn't have all the answers. But, but, but Jabez said, Lord, 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 I'm coming to you. Man's told me this. Man's told me that. I'm sick of man. Father, I want to hear from you. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, God. It does not return void. In Jesus' name, amen. Pastor Mike. Amen, amen. Powerful, isn't it? Stir something up in your spirit. Last night, uh, just a great message last night. I think you'd be doing that one this next service if you want to stick around. 
But the altar time, I mean, just unbelievable. The presence of the Lord and just all that was taking place. So I really want to encourage you, uh, just respond to what the Lord says here. But we want to take opportunity to bless him. And I'm just going to leave a Bible up front if you want to come up here and leave something if you're up at the altar. But we'll have ushers at the back door and uh, you're welcome to put something in there. But as a church, let's bless the man who came and blessed us. And not just that, but this is the kind of soil that goes all over the world. So when you sow into this ministry, I mean, we're sowing into people in China, in Guam, all over the place. And go out there and buy all of his CDs. Matter of fact, we need to find out what does it cost if somebody wants to buy every one you have. Because we had that question last night, if you'll cut him a deal or not. So there's always a deal. Amen. But let's just bless the man of God. Name your price. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to just turn it back over to him. And stay, I'd stay at least long enough to hear the response and stay long enough to, to just begin to pray for those people that respond and then we'll allow you to dismiss yourself and, and uh, you know, go back to the Connect Cafe and have some fellowship. But you might just want to hang around here a while. But we do want to release you. Uh, but uh, I'm going to have Chandler come back up and just be specific as far as his prayer and what he's going to do. But, Father, we just want to thank you. And we ask that you'll bless this man and woman of God, Lord, and continue to send them, Lord, all over the world, Lord. And we want to be a part of that. So, Lord, we just thank you that you're just going to help cover these expenses and, and, and send, a, send some finance with them just to bless them and continue on in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just bow your heads right now because I want you just to be able to focus and not be distracted by anybody around you. This is not a secret society. But what the Lord wants to do to you is, is and, and speak to you is, is, is your business. It's private. And you don't need to fear anybody's eyes on you. This is you and Jesus' time. Some things have happened in our lives. and Some things have gone down and sometimes we've noticed a pattern. I begin to notice a pattern in my own life and I say, God, I, I, you know, I, I'm serving you, but Lord, I just feel like I'm cursed. I just feel like there's a curse. And it forced me to go to him and say, Lord, I'm going to pray the prayer of rebellion. And my wife and I have seen such a shift in the spirit, such a shift in our reality. And God said, I like that prayer. When you come to me in the name of Jesus and say that, as Paul told the Colossians, that God has delivered us from the power of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. What, what, what's God going to teach me? He's going to teach you that you have now spiritual you have, you have the armor of God. Job didn't have the armor of God because Christ had not come. But now we have the armor. What's armor for? Fighting. Victory. Battles. Victory. We have not just any armor. We don't have King Arthur's armor. We have the Lord's armor. The Lord's armor for victory. God's never lost a battle. He doesn't lose. So 
if you, well, first of all, let me, let me say this. There may be somebody here today who says, you know what, I'm not, I'm not really walking with the Lord. I've got to be honest. I'm at church, and maybe you come here frequently, but I, I'm not really walking with the Lord. And, 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 and uh, you know, I realize that some stuff's happening to me that is probably not God's higher redemptive will for my life it's not his best for me and i'm just getting hit and hit and hit and i realize that i need to surrender my life to jesus and let him take over and take control and really be my savior and be my lord because it's easier for god to work from the inside of you than from the outside so first of all if if you're if you're an honest authentic genuine person you say you know what I really need to give my life to Jesus. Would you stand up right now? We're not going to embarrass you. We want to pray for you. Would you stand up right now? I know you came to church. I got it. But, but you're, you're honest enough. You're, you're honest with yourself. And you say, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus. Is there anybody? I just want to make sure that there are no assumptions here. No assumptions. You can still come up in any time if you want. But, but you, you, you that hear this say, you know what? Pastor Chandler, what you were sharing really resonated in my heart. And I think, I think I need to pray the prayer rebellion about some things in my life. Come up here right now. Join me. Come up here right now. Be honest. This is your life we're talking about, folks. This is your life. Don't let fear, don't let shame, don't let embarrassment hold you back. That's a curse. That's a curse. You know what, you know what, and say, well, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to serve Jesus and, you know, whatever he sends me. Well, we, well, we got to make sure he sent it. Some things have been happening in your family that you know this, this can't be God. Come up here, stand for your family. We need to pray. Lord, we want what you are saying, not what the enemy is saying. And Lord, if I did something, I want to bring it before you in repentance and receive your mercy. And we can deal with this right now. We can get the mercy of God flowing right now. It doesn't take long for the mercy to flow from the heart of the Lord. He wants to pour out mercy. But you can't receive the mercy, Proverbs 28, 13 says, until we come and deal with what we have done. Then the Lord pours the mercy on. As David discovered in Psalm 62, with the Lord, there is mercy. Some of you, some of you just, some of you because of the color of your skin, you've been just been taking it and taking it and taking it. You need to pray the prayer of rebellion. Some of you because of your, your socioeconomic upbringing, you think, well, you know, this is the best I'm ever going to do. You need to pray the prayer of rebellion because God wants to raise you up for his glory. Some of you have been dealing with some habits and some patterns, and they are generational curses. And the Lord wants them broken off your life. You know your daddy did it, your granddaddy did it, your great-granddaddy did it, but it's going to stop with you. Some of you have some anger issues that came from your parents. You need to get that curse off your life. We're talking about breaking curses in the name of Jesus so we can receive God's best. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like some other people need to be honest. I know, I know you have your dignity and we want to protect your dignity. But listen to the Holy Spirit. Is he your Lord? Obey him. 
obey him. Obey him. Obey him. Obey him. Obey him. Would you all just lift up your hands right now and the lifting of the hands the Bible tells us is is a sign of inward surrender. It's an outward demonstration, but we're saying, Lord, inwardly I surrender. And the lifting of my hands is just an outward sign. That's all, Lord. It's a prophetic gesture that I'm surrendering. Lord, I'm giving you all of this. I'm giving you all of this. Just keep your hands just up for just a moment. There's some others I hear the Lord saying it. Some of you have really been confused about what's happening in your life. The Lord said, come up just for prayer because God wants to begin to send light and understanding to you. So you're, you're not in a fog. You're not in a fog. He doesn't want you in a fog. But he will open the eyes of your heart. Lord, I don't know what this is. You, I don't know if it's the devil. I don't know if it's me. I don't know who it is, Lord. Come up. God wants to give clarity. He wants to give clarity. You need clarity for direction. So, Father, we thank you we're here. And we've come because, God, we, we, we simply want your best. And what, whatever you're saying, that's what we want to hear. But we want it to be you. We don't want just to be circumstances of what somebody else put on us or what somebody else willed for us or what somebody else desired for us or somebody else's defeat. We don't want it to become our defeat. And somebody else's battle, we don't want it to become our battle. And somebody else's hurt, we don't want it to become our hurt. Lord, we come to you because you're the Lord. You're our Lord. You're our Lord. They're not our Lord. You're our Lord. And by coming, we are declaring with a strong statement that Jesus is my Lord. And I'm not taking orders from anybody but Jesus. I'm not accepting anybody's will but the will of the Lord. I'm not accepting the devil's will. I'm not going to accept the consequences even of my stubborn will. I'm bringing my will to the Lord. That my will will be his will. That my will will surrender to his will. That my will will be obedient to his will. I bring myself, Lord. Now repeat after me right now, just from the depths of your heart. Lord Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, I recognize you as the head of my life, as the God in my life, as the Lord of my life. And I declare that I belong to you and to no one else. I am unashamedly yours. I'm not embarrassed by you. I want to say it loud and clear. Jesus is mine. And I am his. And so I bring my life to you, Lord. Say it. So I bring my life to you, Lord. I bring my life to you, Lord. And I want what you're saying. But I refuse to receive anything the enemy is saying. Because you gave me authority over him. By the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And you took my punishment. And you took my pain. And you took my chastisement. You took it. 
so I would not have to receive it. And I refuse to ignore or diminish the work of Christ. I accept the full work of Christ in my life. So Lord, forgive me for everything I've done. Every stupid thing. Every rebellious thing. Every hard-hearted thing. Every bull-headed thing. I'm sorry. But I come to the blood of Jesus. You promised me that you are faithful and just. And you will forgive me if I will confess it. And I would receive mercy. And you would cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I come, Lord. And Lord, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming my parents. I'm not blaming somebody else. They're not important. You're important. You have the power. You are God. So I come to you. And I ask you to bless me. Yes, Lord, 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 me. Me, Lord, me. Me. We're talking about me here, Lord. This is me. And Lord, bless me a lot. Lord, bless me a lot. And Lord, everybody seen my curse. And let everybody see my blessing. Lord, double for my trouble. In the name of Jesus. And Lord, enlarge my borders. Give me more influence for you. Extend my boundaries. Give me more territory so I can claim it for you. Give me influence or give me influence for you. Position me where you need me for you. And God, never, never, never take your hand off me. Squeeze me. Put your hand heavy on me. So I will fear you at all times. And walk in the fear of the Lord. And receive your ability. And your favor. And your grace. And Lord. Don't let me cause anybody else. Harm. Hurt. Pain. Let nothing. Let not even myself, Lord, amen. Not even myself, Lord. Not even myself. Not even myself. But say, Lord, say, Lord, I'm not taking it anymore. I'm not taking it anymore. Like Jabez, I'm not taking it. I only want your best. I only want your best. Say it, I only want your best. I want your best, Lord. I want your higher will, Lord. I want your redemptive will, Lord. You're the holy redeemer, Lord. You're the holy redeemer, Lord. You're the holy redeemer, Lord. That's what you do, Lord. You redeem. I'm not stuck with it. Because you're my redeemer. I have an appeals process. Because you're my redeemer. It's not over yet. Because you're my redeemer. You have the final word. Because you're my redeemer. We agree with you right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.